teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. And uh, then another type of shadow is there's another offering called the burnt offering. And in that one, the, the righteousness of the lamb was transferred to the individual. It's a wonderful type. Um, the Bible also talks about the Passover lamb in the uh, book of Exodus, the 12th chapter. Remember whenever uh, the, the, the firstborn was killed in Egypt and the uh, lamb was slain, the Passover lamb in uh, Goshen where Israel was and they were spared. Jesus is our Passover. The Bible says that in 1 Corinthians and, you know, John 1 and 1 Peter 1 and all that. The Bible, this is a wonderful study. I, I, you know, all these, I feel like giving a, I, I just want to do a lot of teaching on this in the church sometime. Somebody said, this is healing school. I know, but we're getting to something here. The, the book of Leviticus, uh, verse 25, uh, chapter 25, verse 49 talks about this. And then the whole book of Ruth talks about this, that in the Old Testament, there was a provision made for, for certain ones and, and a, 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 a kinsman could buy out their debt and they would be free from it. And it's called the kinsman redeemer. If you've ever read the book of Ruth, Ruth uh, had a kinsman uh, who redeemed her from all the obligations she had, you know. Um, and Jesus is the, is the fulfillment of that type. Praise God, he paid our debt for us. Jonah is, is in the Old Testament, also is a type of Jesus. He said, Jesus himself said, as Jonah was in the heart of, or was in the well's belly for three days and nights, you know, so I'll be uh, in the belly of the earth, you know. Then Melchizedek is a type of Jesus' high priestly ministry. The manna that fell out of the sky, Jesus in the sixth chapter of John said, that's a type of me, a type of me. I am the bread of life, Jesus said. The tabernacle in the Old Testament is very typical of Jesus. It was made out of wood, which refers to his humanity, and it was covered with gold, which refers to his deity. It was three parts, the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies, body, soul, spirit. It was Jesus, and a lot of the things that happened in there were types of Jesus. The high priest ministry in the Old Testament is a type of Jesus, Hebrews 1.9. Joshua in the Old Testament is a type of Jesus. That's all through the New Testament. The tree in the Garden of Eden is a type of Jesus. Amen. So what am I saying? Some of these types uh, of Jesus in the Old Testament uh, show us divine healing. Now the serpent being lifted up on the pole, for example. That is a type of Jesus himself. And John 3 said, as, the serpent, as Moses lifted up the serpent, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that uh, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. They looked on the pole and they were healed. Remember their snakes had bit them and they were dying of the venomous snake bites. And so they had to look at that to be healed. Well, that's, they're basically looking forward to a redeemer who was going to come and take their sicknesses and diseases. Well, if they could look at the type and, and, and because of them looking to that could be healed. How much better could we receive healing by looking at the fulfillment of the type? So many times Christians don't see that that was, that was all uh, a picture of Jesus coming and that, that they got healed by looking to Jesus. Another one is, the, the, like I said, the uh, Passover lamb. 
We looked at that last week. You remember that where the Bible talks about whenever they were, uh, they took the uh, Passover there in Exodus 12. It doesn't say it there, but they all left. Well, it says they all left Egypt that night. But then you go over into Psalm 103 and it said whenever they left, there was not one feeble one among their tribes and they left with silver and gold. Egypt is plainly in the New Testament, a type of the world. The Jordan River is a type of, of being baptized into Christ. The cloud is a type of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then them being out of that um, and, uh, and uh, coming out of Egypt healed and prosperous is a type of redemption. They ate the Passover lamb and they were healed. Then Hezekiah years later restored because they had lost that. You know, they weren't keeping the Passover feast anymore. I think it's, what is it, 30th chapter there of, um, where is it there? 30th chapter of uh, someplace. <laughs> But uh, we, we find then that they were healed in that chapter whenever they ate the Passover. Amen. So there's, uh, there's healing in the Passover. They ate that lamb and they were healed before they left Egypt. Well, that's a type of Jesus. Hallelujah. So that's the reason it's the will of God for us to be healed is because the types of the Old Testament show us healing is included in their redemption. Praise God. So healing is the will of God because it was in those types. Now at Calvary, Jesus fulfilled the type. The, the fulfillment of a type is always better than the type itself. Let's talk about types a little bit, types and shadows. The Bible said that uh, Jesus existed before his, his birth in the manger. That was only whenever he took flesh. Remember John 1 said that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So he existed before the manger, before he walked the earth. Um, and he existed in, uh, as redeemer before that time. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God spoke of him through types in the Old Testament over and over again. And what he was doing was he was showing them uh, things that was gonna happen whenever he came. And if they put faith in that, they could be healed or, or received looking forward to it. Amen. Now let's look at some Old Testament verses that talk about healing for the Old Testament people. We're getting to something here. You holding on with me? Go back to Deuteronomy chapter number seven. It's taking a little time to lay this foundation, but as we get this, as we finally, we'll get the, the clutch popped here in a few minutes. You'll get excited about this. Look at Deuteronomy chapter number seven. Um, we find this in verse number 15. This is Old Testament, you know. But yet, really, it was, uh, it was all looking forward to Jesus coming and, and making this available and they could get it on credit. If they believed in the types and they believed what he was showing them. See, the Bible's progressive revelation. How many of you know in Genesis, there's not as much revelation as there is over in that book of Isaiah. And in Isaiah, there's not as much revelation as in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And to be honest, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's not much, as much revelation as in Paul's revelation. Some Christians don't realize that, but the, the revelation is progressive throughout the Bible. But here, notice, uh, this is in Deuteronomy 7. Look at verse number 15. He's talking to the Old Testament people. The Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of these evil diseases of Egypt, which thou, hast, which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
So he said, he'll take away from thee all sickness. That's something they could get back in the Old Testament. Now go to Exodus. We're going to say a few things about this in a moment, but let's just look at what he said to the Old Testament people. Exodus chapter 15. Let's look with uh, Exodus 15, verse number 26. He said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and do that which is right in his sight. Now this is Old Testament. And uh, will give ear to his commandment and keep his statutes. That, that means keep the law, you know. I will pit, put or, or permit none of these evil None of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought or permitted to be brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Why do I say permitted? Because everything in the Hebrew is causative. It makes it sound like God's doing everything. The Bible says in one place in the Old Testament, shall there be evil in the city and God hath not done it? Evil? I mean, you know, today you see evil in a city, you see murders, you think, you think of uh, child rape and crime rate high and so forth and so on. And it says in the Old Testament, God does that. Well, that can't be, that's not God. That's not God. You know, it's permitted. You know, people get, get they want to live like the devil. So, uh, and the Bible talks about an evil spirit from God came to Saul, King Saul, you know. No, God doesn't have any evil spirits. It was permitted. Everything in the Hebrew sounds causative, but some things are not causative at all. We could spend a lot more time on that, but it's uh, verse number 26 here says, uh, he said, I will permit none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians or permitted upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. He calls himself, that's where we get Jehovah Rapha. Hallelujah. Now go over to the 23rd chapter of the book of Exodus. We're getting somewhere. The 23rd chapter says in verse 25 and 26, he said, you shall serve the Lord your God. He'll bless your bread and your water. I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Oh my goodness. That means nobody's even sick. There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in the land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. The number of thy days I will fulfill. Well, think about that. If he took sickness away from their midst, there wouldn't any of them be sick or have sickness. Isn't that right? People say you've got to be sick to die. Well, God didn't say so. He said, you'll live out your life. Notice the last part of that verse. He said, you'll live out your life without sickness and die without it. He didn't say you wouldn't die. He just said you wouldn't die with sickness. That's what he's, you look at that closely, that's what he's saying there. I'll take sickness away from the midst of thee and the number of thy days you will fulfill. In other words, without sickness and disease. And even die without sickness and disease. Now that's a, that's a contention people have. Well, if somebody doesn't get sick, how are they going to die? Well, that's, see, you haven't read your Bible. That's the reason you say that. James 2 says the body without the spirit is dead. That's how you would die without sickness. You just leave. That's how you would die. The Bible in the book of the Old Testament calls that the death of the righteous and it calls it a blessing. Amen. Well, I've never heard of anybody die that way. Well, they have. Amen. Brother Hagin died that way. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth died that way. Amen. Just the other day we had somebody in the church die that way. Amen. Did you know that? I know they had a, an attack of a disease, but the disease hadn't driven them out yet. They, they called their family and they said, I'm ready to go. Amen. And within five minutes, 
Did you hear me? Five minutes. They close their eyes and poof, they're gone. The, the, the doctors didn't say that the disease drove them out. They just decided, I'm going. I'm going to go home. I didn't say that there wasn't a disease in their body. I said, that's not what drove them out. They decided, I'm going right now. I'm not going to go with the disease. I'm going to go right now. <laughs> Praise God. Now, so that's a promise in the Old Testament. Look over here in the book of Deuteronomy. Well, you've, we've studied Deuteronomy. We'll skip that one. Remember that? All those diseases were a curse of the law. And he said, I'll, I'll take all those away from you in Galatians. Now, Psalm 103. Remember that? <clears throat> Psalm 103 is one you ought to write down because it's powerful. I love it. Uh, it'll bless you. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Did you know there's more than one? Here they are. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Well, look at your neighbor and say, you've needed that one. Now look at yourself in your mirror and say, I've needed that one. Forgiveth all thine iniquities. Praise God. Who healeth some of your diseases. All thy diseases. So he heals them all. That's an Old Testament provision for them. Isn't that a good one? I like that verse. Psalm 107, 20. You ought to write this one down. And, and this will be the last one. We could go to many more. But Psalm 107, 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Well, that's Old Testament, you know. Talking about the word that came to them by the prophets. The prophets would prophesy. Of course, much of it's recorded in scripture. Um, that he sent his word and he healed them. But in the New Testament, the word was made flesh and healed us. Amen. So Jesus came and bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Now, why am I saying all this? Because in the Old Testament, they had healing in their, in their covenant. They was all looking forward to Jesus coming. Um, and we have a better covenant established upon better promises. And the Old Testament is only a shadow of things to come. It's just types and shadows. Isn't that right? It's not the actual fulfillment of the, the healing that Jesus provided for us. They were looking forward to the fulfillment of it. Remember uh, Abraham found the ram in the thicket and he, it was a substitute. And the Bible says in the New Testament, Jesus said about that, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Amen. We know from several things that Hebrews says and Jesus said that on that mountain, God gave Abraham a revelation of the Messiah to come who would be a substitute. And that ram in the thicket was a type of that. Abraham believed this is a type of the one to come. And because of that, he could believe and receive his healing. It's called the blessing of Abraham. So we have the fulfillment of all the types. The fulfillment is much better than the typology. <clears throat> In fact, whenever the fulfillment comes, you no longer need the types. Now, can I shuck the corn on that a little bit? Here's something we need to understand. In the New Testament, or Jesus' teachings many times, Jesus would say something like this, I am the true, and then it puts something after that. Like, for example, he said, I am the true bread which came down from heaven. Yes. Meaning the bread in the Old Testament was just a type. It wasn't the real, it wasn't really what God was providing for them to sustain them physically. Right. 
It was a type of me. I am the true bread. In other words, that was, the old was just a type. The, the Old Testament manna, just a type of me. It's, I'm the fulfillment of what that meant back in the Old Testament. Then he said, I am the true tabernacle. The Bible said, I, Jesus said, I am the true light. Now, the fulfillment of that is in Isaiah 49, 6. The Bible calls in Isaiah 49, 6, he calls Israel the ones who were to be a light to the Gentiles. You know, the assignment on the nation of Israel was to take the gospel to the Gentiles or take, take the, the uh, covenant to the Gentiles, which would eventually, of course, would bring in Jesus, of course. But they were to do that. They never really fulfilled that. And Jesus said, that was just a type of me. I am the true light to the Gentiles. And then he said this, he said, I am the true vine in John 15. Isn't that right? Now, what does it mean? The true is the fulfillment of something in the Old Testament. If you don't know your Old Testament, just write this down. Isaiah 5, 1 through 7. God called Israel his vine. And he said, I dunged around it, meaning fertilized it. I, I put a wall around it. I did so many things and it didn't bring forth fruit. So he said, I'm cutting them off. They didn't bear any fruit. And Jesus said, I'm the true vine. I'm the true vine. What does that mean? In other words, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. In other words, it's not if you abide in the Jews. That, that, see, many people today are saying, you know, you got our blessing is through the Jews. No, it's not. It's through Jesus. We have to bless the Jews if we're going to be blessed. No, Jesus took that into, took that into the church. The Jews don't have the blessing today. Ah! No, see, they don't, they haven't accepted the gospel. Jesus said, I am the true vine. In other words, through connecting to me, you're blessed, not through connection to Israel. Through connection to me, I am the light of the world, not Israel anymore. I, Jesus said, am the light of the world. So when he says true vine, true this, true that, he's, he's saying I am the fulfillment of a type. So anything that is the fulfillment is always superior to the type. And whenever the fulfillment of the type comes, then we know that the typology has no more purpose, no more use to us. They existed temporarily until there came the fulfillment of it. That's what a type is. And whenever Jesus, or whenever the serpent was lifted up on the pole, that was a type of Jesus. When Jesus came, we don't need a snake on a pole up here today. We don't need to eat the Passover lamb. Jesus is our Passover. You following me? So he's the fulfillment of all these things. See, a type is a divine illustration of something that is true. Uh, it's an illustration of Jesus. Um, and um, in, the, in the Old Testament, Jesus is preached all through the Old Testament. Now go to Luke chapter number uh, 24. It's a little different tonight, but it's, uh, there, there's... Uh, there's healing in this. In the types, there's healing. Let's notice what uh, Luke 24 says. And remember the story whenever there was, after Jesus has raised from the dead, of course, there began to circulate some reports. You know, he's not in the tomb anymore. Remember the women came to put those spices on his body and there's, a, there's an earthquake, an angel appeared and rolled the stone away. And he's not here. <laughs> 
So they went back and told, and the report started getting out. He's not in the grave anymore and so forth. Well, then there's these two men walking on the road to Emmaus here in this 24th chapter of Luke. And you remember they were talking about all this. And uh, verse, 20, verse 14, they talked together. Uh, and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding. In other words, that their eyes were not open to realize it was Jesus, that they should know, uh, that uh, their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, what manner of communication are, all the, are these that you are, have one to another as you walk and are sad? One of them whose name was Cleopas answered, said unto him, art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? In other words, you must be from somewhere else. <laughs> you know, you haven't heard about all this? Um, he, he said, uh, hast thou not known the things which are come to pass there in Jerusalem in these days? And he said unto them, what things? He said, or they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, how the chief priests and our rulers delivered and condemned him to death and crucified him. But we trusted him that he was, uh, he was that which should, should redeem Israel. You know, they thought he was going to set up an earthly kingdom right then. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher when they found not his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even as the women had said. Isn't that an amazing woman told the truth? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But saw, but, but they saw him not. Some of you didn't like that one. I can tell that went over like a lead balloon. All right. Now notice what it said. Verse 25. He said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Now notice verse 27. Here's where I want to get to. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets. Now Moses is the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. In other words, he went through all those and then he got to the prophets. You know, all the Old Testament prophets. He expounded into them all the scriptures, uh, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. What is that saying? That's saying Jesus is what the whole Old Testament is about. It was all pointing toward him. He probably started out and said, and said, you remember in Genesis, there was a promise after man had sinned. Satan, he, God spoke to Satan and said, there's coming a seed. It's going to bruise your head. And Jesus probably said, that's me. And he went through Genesis, went through Exodus, went through Leviticus. He went through probably all the old ceremonial things they did in the temple and said, see, that's a type of me. Remember whenever they laid hands on that lamb, that lamb's a type of me. He preached that. Wouldn't that be a good sermon? Now that's about a seven mile walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus. So for seven miles, how long would that take? A couple hours maybe, huh? That's a good sermon. Maybe a two, let's just, let's just say two hour sermon all the way. The whole time he's, he's going back to Isaiah. He's going back to Deuteronomy. And he's going back to the types and the shadows. And he's preaching himself. Man, I'd love, I, I want to I wanna go to Jesus whenever we get up there. And I want to say, Jesus, could you preach that sermon again? Or, or could, you, could you maybe play the video? I'd like to see that video. 
That'd be a good sermon. He preached all the types. And notice he didn't use one New Testament scripture because how many of you know they weren't even written down yet? So you can get a Jew saved from the Old Testament. Hallelujah. I love that. So on the way to Emmaus, he preached for seven miles. And then after that was over, he revealed himself. You can read it there, you know. They realized because he broke bread. and Oh, that's Jesus. They recognized him and what he did there. And so they, they revealed, and then, and then Jesus disappeared. They were so excited, rather than eat and finish their dinner, they got up and went back to Jerusalem. Seven more mile walk, probably ran. How many of you know that's a lot of miles for one day? But how many of you know that whole time they were feeding on Jesus, the bread of life? They were feeding on the word. They're, they're, Jesus is preaching himself out of the Old Testament. Types and shadows. And I bet that's, I, I know what happened. That as they heard the word, it kept ministering to their body. Kept ministering to their body. And they got so much strength, they just said, hey, forget this. We're going back to Jerusalem. We saw him. But they, they saw him in the flesh, yes. But they saw him in the word. I think the reason that he held their eyes there in other words, he didn't let them know who he was at the beginning. It's because he didn't just want them to believe because they saw him in the flesh. He wanted them to believe because they saw him in the scriptures. That's what you and I need to see him. We need to see him in the scriptures and we need to see him as the healer. Praise be to God. We need to preach Jesus even from the Old Testament. These are things that are clearly biblical. Hebrews eleven nineteen. Abraham received Isaac to life again, figuratively as a type of Christ. Now, Colossians 2, go to go Colossians chapter number 2. This is going to be a good verse here. Types and shadows. You getting this tonight? Types and shadows. Colossians chapter number 2, verse number 16 and 17. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink. Remember, Pastor Jim Andrews talked about this. He's talking about these Old Testament ordinances, you know, eat this, don't eat that and all that. Or in respect of a holy day. By the way, can I say something? This has been said, but it needs to be said here in this setting. People say, well, you know, if, if you we're going to be healed, we have to eat like the Jews. They didn't eat pork. They didn't eat that. And, you know, so we're, we, if we need to be healed, we need to eat like that. We need to keep a certain diet. Well, you ever notice that all those people that Jesus ministered to were Jews, they would have eaten all that way, and yet they're still sick. So it's not diet today. God has not ceased healing by divine power and now is healing by diet. Now, I believe in eating, you know, as good as I know to do, but... But if somebody slides a plate of ribs in front of me, I don't say, I can't do that. I might get sick. I say, Father, I want to thank you for this food. <laughs> That's good preaching. That's right. Now, like I said, there's, there's certain principles that I live by, but I don't get religious about it. I don't, I don't base my faith on that for my healing. Amen. All right. So let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day. Because they had all these certain days, you know, in the Old Testament, you could do this on that day and couldn't do other, other things. Or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. 
See, these are all Jewish things. Which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Now, the word body is a little bit misleading there. The word body, some newer translations will say it this way, but the substance is of Christ. Some, some of your translations say that. Now, so what he's saying is the Old Testament ceremonies, certain days are this and certain days are that, you know, all those things, eating certain things, it's all a type of Jesus. Jesus is the substance of the type. Hallelujah. Now, the Old Testament, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, the Old Testament is written for us. The New Testament is written, excuse me, is written, um, for, the Old Testament is written for us. The New Testament is written to us. It says the Old Testament is for our learning. We can learn about Jesus in the Old Testament. And that's what these types are all about. Praise God. Hebrews 10 once says the law is a shadow of good things to come. But the really, why do you want a, a shadow? See, a shadow just means there's something real there. We've we got these lights set up. There's not many shadows here. But if you walk outside in the, in the, you know, the parking lot light, there'll be a shadow of you there. If I didn't see you, but I saw the shadow, I realized somebody's standing there. Isn't that right? And so the shadow reveals that, that, that Jesus is the real. There's, there's, there's the real there. I'm not as interested in your shadow as I am you. You know, I don't walk up to, if Leanne had a shadow there on the ground tonight, I didn't walk up and say, hi, hi, shadow. <laughs> so why are people going back under the Old Testament whenever that was just pointing toward Jesus? Now we can go back and look at it and see how it, how it uh, you know, it points toward Jesus and get blessed because that proves that he is the Messiah, you know. But yet right on the other hand, it's not the, the, the Old Testament that I'm interested in near as much as the New Testament. Amen. The word shadow means in the English likeness, copy, or imitation. In other words, the Old Testament institutions and laws and things and all that were all a preview of something that was to come. They are all a, uh, uh, a foretaste of something to come. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that. Jesus was the coming attraction. The Old Testament kept saying, look at this, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. The serpent on the pole, he's coming. The real redeemer, the real healer is coming. But Jesus, the main attraction over there in, in Matthew started stepping on the stage. I am he. And he said that, listen to this Matthew. This is a wonderful passage here in Matthew chapter number 15, verse number, uh, let's see here. I'll find it real quickly. Matthew 13 is where it is. Jesus said this, talking about himself. He said that, uh, I thought I had it real quickly here. It's, yeah, here it is. Matthew, no, anyway. There's a passage over here somewhere that talks about uh, the law was, uh, and the prophets. I came not to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. So all those things were pointing towards him. I'm sorry I lost the reference. You, you've heard the, the scripture though. Amen. Maybe some of you can find it. So Jesus was the, Matthew 5, 17, there it is. Matthew 5, 17, he said, I'm the fulfillment of all those Old Testament prophets, all that they talked about. I'm the fulfillment of all the feasts. I'm the fulfillment of all the, 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 you know, the offerings that they gave and all of that. That's why it's called the truth. Jesus called, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Truth in the Greek means reality. 
So Jesus is the reality of all the pictures of him in the Old Testament. You realize if you have a picture of your children, you can show that to me, but that's not your children. That's just a picture of them. You know, the real blessing is not the picture. The real blessing is the child. Isn't that right? So the real blessing of the Old Testament is not the real thing. It's just a picture of some things to come. But Jesus, as the fulfillment of that, is the reality of the things of the Old Testament. They all pointed to him and, and, and were a reflection of him. Because of this, all the things that are in the Old Testament are no longer of use for us. They existed temporarily until the fulfillment came. So I'm not keeping these feast days in the Old Testament. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing all those Old Testament things. He existed before them. And he was what these types pointed to. When the real thing came, we don't need the type anymore. The word type is the word tupos in the Greek, and it primarily denotes a blow. In other words, you know, you, you, like a, like a, you can uh, take a piece of metal and put it over top of something, and you can hit it, and it'll t put that imprint in it. That's what the word type means. It's an imprint or an image of, or an impression left by something else. It's a picture of some truth or a picture of Christ. It has a fulfillment, which is called the antitype, which is always higher, infinitely greater and more honorable than the type. The New Testament reality is greater than the Old Testament prefiguring of things to come. And whenever Jesus was on the pole, that was a type of divine healing. The healer came on the cross and it points toward us as healed today. Amen. Now, when you're standing in the shadow of a thing, uh, it, you can't see it near as clearly as whenever the light comes. You can see all the details and all its distinctness in the light. In the darkness, you can't see everything. A shadow is not fully light, you know. So we're on the other side of the shadow. We see the real light of what I, that all meant, which is, uh, uh, which is the, uh, the fulfillment of the type. And because of that, the details of Jesus on the pole become very clear. Because we have the benefit of seeing Jesus on the cross. And those things were a type of what was to come. Thank God Jesus took my sicknesses because when they looked on the pole, they were healed. When they ate of the Passover lamb, they were healed. That tells me and proves to me that Jesus is our healer. Amen. We have a better covenant because it is the reality of what the old one meant. Hallelujah. The old one had healing in it. We read all those verses. It had healing in it, but it was just simply pointing towards the healer. Whenever they looked on the pole, they were really looking to Jesus that was to come in the future. It, 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 as some teach today, they teach that God has other methods of healing today. Do you realize that? Many church circles, they say, well, God no longer heals that way. He heals today through doctors. You realize this, they say things like that. Now, I'm not against doctors, thank God for them. They're on the same team we're on, you know. They're trying to help people just like, just like we're helping people. But here's my point. If that is true, that God has another method for our healing today, why would God adopt a less successful method for a better dispensation? Amen. They do the best they can, but they are not able to help everybody. 
this method through the, through the prayer of faith helps all who, heals all who will receive. Amen. Praise God. We have to recognize that. God's, God, yeah, God will use doctors. Don't misunderstand me. But that's not his best. They're practicing medicine. <laughs> practicing. Everybody say practicing. If God wants one to be sick, then it would be a, a sin to ever even want to be healed. Because if he wants them sick, it would be sin to go to a doctor, be sin to want to be healed because we need to submit to God's will if he wants that person sick. We know we are to, we are to submit ourselves to God's will, aren't we? Then we should never go to a doctor. But see, people don't really believe that because they're always going to the doctor. Also, if sickness were the will of God, then would not every doctor be, a, a, be rebellious? Every trained nurse be defying the Almighty. And every hospital a house of rebellion that, rather than a house of mercy. And should we not do our utmost to shut them down? Are you thinking about this with me? Amen. Thank God for the truth though. No, doctors aren't in rebellion. I mean, there's a lot of good people. You know, most doctors, probably some, you know, just like any other profession, people are in for the wrong motives, but uh, most doctors, they want to help people. That's why they're out there doing it. Amen. They're, they're, they're good people. In the Old Testament, God sent his word spoken through the prophets and healed. In the New Testament, he sent Jesus, the son of God. He's the, the, the Old Testament uh, was the written word. We have the written word in the New Testament that reveals the living word. The word Jesus who came to heal our diseases. And it says, by his stripes, we are healed. Praise God. So thank God for the word. So we're not going to rebel against the, the uh, will of God because we see it is God's will. The types prove it is God's will. Well, I don't know about you, but I got some help tonight. Hallelujah. I think we've gone long enough tonight. I wanted to get into some other things. Uh, next week, as far as I can tell anyway, we're, we're just working on your faith right now. Somebody said, well, when are you going to lay hands on me? Well, you know, Jesus always said to people, believe ye that I'm able to do this. Or, you know, a man said, I, I don't know if you will. Jesus said, I will. In other words, he got rid of his if. So I'm taking time to get rid of your, your if taking time to, to prepare you to receive because I found this in, and uh, you can see this, you know, in the Bible also, but you do people an un injustice sometimes by just laying hands on them whenever they don't know for sure if it's God's will or not, because then they're not going to receive anything. And then they're going to be further from faith than they were before. Well, I tried that and it didn't work. You understand? So we're not going to, we're not going to, uh, we're, we're endeavoring to get you to a place you believe it is God's will. Absolutely. God's will. And next week I'm going to get into some things I've been looking forward to. We're going to get, get into some of these. Yeah, but what about, what about Paul's thorn? What about shouldn't, you know, shouldn't we suffer? Uh, doesn't the Bible say where to suffer and all these? Yeah, but what abouts that really hinder people? Amen. Amen. You know, take for example, if it's, if, if, uh, if we believe, 
like so many times is, is, is kind of, maybe not said, but implied, sometimes just flat said, that, you know, sometimes ministers will say, yeah, I know God heals, but it's not his will to heal all. Now, what that has just done, it has required that individual, actually, it has kept them from receiving. Because immediately, they'll be thinking, well, I must be one of the ones that's not. And what it does is it requires that individual to seek a personal revelation by praying and asking God, is it your will to heal me? To seek a personal revelation outside of the word of God. You understand? And we were never, we were never told to get a personal revelation outside of the will of God. We're told that this is the will of God. We're not to, you know, kind of make this a, a thing that we all kind of, you know, find out from God it is or isn't. We're to find out, I mean, in prayer, we're to find out in the word of God. See, it tell, what that does is it nullifies the word of God and requires you to get something from God directly. As if this is not from God. You know, well, if it's God's will, then you got to go and say, God, is it your will? Well, he's always going to take you back to his word. Because he's not a respecter of persons. He won't do it for you and won't do it for somebody else. So we, we, we just don't want to, we want to get into some more things and, and dig around in there. I trust you're getting some help. So many times we got, we, got, uh, we got people that are still questioning the will of God. What about Job? Well, we got to spend some time on that. Oh, say this out loud. Yeah, but what about our doubts? Isn't that right? If we're going to pray, if it be thy will, then we can't do Mark eleven twenty four. We can't do Mark eleven twenty three. We can't do James 5. We can't do many verses in the New Testament. If we lay hands on somebody and say, Lord, if it be thy will. Because he said, whenever you pray, believe you receive. Well, you can't believe. And in Mark eleven twenty three, he said, don't doubt in your heart. See, you can't. If we pray, if it be thy will, that if reveals doubt. Isn't that right? And if we pray, if it be thy will, then what we're doing is, think about this. If I lay hands on someone and say, Lord, heal this person, if it be thy will. What I'm saying is, I'm saying, Lord, if it's your will, heal them. If it's not, don't. And, and so what I'm really saying is, Lord, whatever your will is, then just do whatever your will is. So really I'm saying, Lord, why am I praying? Because whatever your will is, you're going to do whatever your will is. So what's the use of me praying and asking you to do what I want you to do? Because it's not what I want you to do. It's what you're going to do because it's whatever your will is. So why don't we go play golf? Because, you know, we're just, because you're going to do whatever your will is. <laughs> Amen. You know, the Bible actually calls that an abomination. Proverbs, I don't know the exact reference right now, but it says in Proverbs, he that, he that uh, doesn't hear the word before he prays, his prayer is an abomination. So when we pray, if it be thy will, we're, we're really not, we're not pleasing to God. In this case. Amen. Now think about this. I'm almost done. If I pray, if it be thy will, what am I doing? I am actually shir shirking my responsibilities. 
because I'm saying, God, whatever your will is, you do it. Whenever James 5 says, I have a part to play. Doesn't it? The prayer of faith will save the sick. And Mark 11 and all these verses, all these, it says, I have a part to play, but I'm trying to lay it off on God. Now, what is that? Is that faith? No, that's what you might call fatalism. You know what fatalism is? Just fate. Fate, F-A-T-E, not faith, fate. Just leave it up to fate. Kind of like que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. <laughs> that's what praying, if it be thy will, is really doing. Whatever will be, will be. Whatever God's will will be, that's what it's going to be. But see, that's shirking my, that's putting off, all, all, off on him whenever he puts some things on me. He told me to pray the prayer of faith. So we're going to get into all that. Praise the Lord. A little different tonight, but praise the Lord. The, the truth is getting into our hearts. Well, I've never heard this before. Well, that doesn't mean it's not true. I'm, 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 aren't I reading out of the Bible? So we want to just stick with the Bible. Now, there'll be a lot of people come along and they'll say, yeah, but. I encourage you, if you're, if you're here to receive healing, I encourage you to just, if you're, not, if you're not stable yet in these things, don't be hanging around listening to all those people. I don't, I'm not saying they're not your friend, not your brother, not you know, your brother in Christ, sister in Christ. I'm just saying, right now, you've got to guard your heart. You've got to not allow just every little thing. Well, yeah, but Dr. So-and-so says, well, I don't really... I don't really, I'm not here following Dr. So-and-so. I'm following Jesus. I'm following the word of God. And to be honest with you, um, yes, you're, you're right. Many of these things have been preached, but, but the devil just doesn't want, to pe want people to hear the truth. So we're, we're going to proclaim it loud. We're going to get on TV and tell them, tell Eastern Iowa about it. If you want to help us take an offering envelope. Well, that worked good, didn't it? Whew, it's like... <laughs> Hold up your hand. We're, we're uh, just receiving free will offerings in these services. We're not uh, charging anything. If you desire to give, then uh, feel free to receive an offering. If you're making out checks, make them out to Spirit of Faith Family Church. And uh, we'll uh, use it for the glory of God. Amen. How many of you have uh, gotten the book Christ the Healer? I really encourage you to read this. There's many other good books. I'll tell you, the four, the four that uh, bless me the most. Uh, well, I've got three of them here tonight, three of the four. T.L. Osborne, Healing the Sick. This is a powerful book. And then I think this was in our bookstore. Is it uh, Bodily Healing in the Atonement? Is that in our bookstore? So uh, this is by a man named Dr. T.J. McCrossan. Old, old book brought back into print recently. So uh, those are... Those are good things. Feed on those things. Praise the Lord. So, everybody ready to give tonight? If you're making out checks, make them to Spirit of Faith Family Church. Really, faith begins where the will of God's known. Anybody, pretty much everybody believes God can. But is it his will? Is it his will for me now? You know, that's what we're working on tonight. So everybody ready? Father, we just thank you tonight for the word. We thank you that it is the truth. 
You said, let God be true and every man a liar. So if, if the, your word says it, we must stay with you, Father. We thank you for these things that feed our faith. We ask you tonight as the, the word has been sown to remind us, bring back these things to our remembrance. Send laborers to keep on watering the seed that has been planted in hearts tonight. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All right, go ahead and receive the offering. In years gone by, F.F. Bosworth, uh, well, he worked for a while with, some of you might have heard of, uh, oh, uh, William Branham. William Branham's ministry in the evenings was a ministry of the Holy Ghost, just moving in the Holy Ghost. But he had F.F. Bosworth come and, and minister some in the mornings and just teach some of the things that are in this book. And that's what helped people to receive because they had received the word. But... Uh, F.F. Bonsworth got his start in ministry. He said he would just go into a town and, and advertise he's going to be teaching on healing. And he said, usually, every night, for th it took him usually three weeks every night teaching the Word before somebody would say, I'm going to take that. I'm going to receive my healing. He said, then they'd have a miraculous healing. And then he said, um, after that, that wor the Word would get out and more people would come. So every night for three weeks, that's 21 services. He said, then somebody would say, I'm going to take that. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then they'd have a mass campaign. Now, like you see the pictures on the back of the book, the word would get out and multitudes would start coming. So we just, we're just willing to sow the seed. The word of God. Amen. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319 319- 366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church Post Office Box 8355 Cedar Rapids, Iowa 52408 And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.